Hello, welcome to uh, Revelator Alpha live stream. Yes, sir, on two wheels, and uh, glad you can join me. Hopefully, uh, people will be joining in uh, for the chat later on. Uh, lots to discuss about Harley Davidson, of course, our global predicament, how is it affecting our ride, and what we're all doing to keep ourselves busy. I'll let you know what I've been doing. Uh, for the last uh, few days uh, in and out of the workshop and uh, also we'll kind of have a bit of a Q&A session and uh, we'll have a bit of a quiz if people are out there. Now you can either join in the chat or you can uh, leave your comments uh, below afterwards. Now, what this uh, this live stream will also be available on the podcast as well via the website. So just go to the website revelatoralpha.com. Say click on the uh, one of the sidebar links. See the SoundCloud, Spotify, or iTunes, and you'll be able to download it there and just <coughs> if, excuse me, uh, listen to it as your at your leisure. Anyway, uh, so. Uh, so I'll well, just crack on, basically. All right, let's give you a few uh, updates of the channel, first of all. Uh, it's been really good. There's been great uh, uptake, um, more subscribers uh, coming on as well. Uh, so it's really good. Just broken through 2,000, which is fantastic. And uh, hopefully it will just continue to grow. Um, and, uh, so, you know, so the, some of the comments coming through are fantastic as well. Lots of good information out there. Nice to hear uh, that people around the world are still able to uh, do what they can do. And uh, hopefully this live stream will uh, and these series of shows will keep you company, uh, at least, you know, whilst uh, we're all stuck indoors or at home to a certain degree. Uh, Sarge, hello. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? Hope you're well up up there. Uh, I hear... Um, <coughs> I hear uh, Boca's closed down for three weeks, have they? Or was it, or was it Chester? Uh, no, what, what, one of the uh, Harley Davidson uh, dealerships has closed down for three weeks. Uh, I, uh, I got a uh, an email yesterday saying pretty much, uh, very much limited service. Uh, what they're offering now, I'll be doubt, I'll be doubtful if many are going to be opening uh, their doors over the next couple of weeks as well. Here in the UK, that is at least. Obviously, you know this um, crisis, this uh, uh, virus is is going all over the country, so it's. You know, it's difficult for everybody, I know. But hopefully, you know, we can just keep our heads and, uh, you know, keep keep things as normal as possible. Gesto and Lane, good afternoon. Hello. How are you? How are you? Uh, right. So now, uh, what I wanted to talk about, first of all, I don't really want to talk about what's going on in the real world. Uh, let's face it. I think we could all have a bit of light relief from that. Um, so first of all, I'm going to tell you uh, what I've been doing the last uh, few days. Uh, whilst I've been, uh, the last couple of days, whilst I've been at home. Uh, and, uh, well, first of all, the bike got a thoroughly deep clean. It's basically taken me four days, uh, a couple of my work days and then a couple of my uh, off work days, um, just trying to do it. And you know, I've had a nightmare trying to clean all the ACF 50, all the road grime off it. Absolute nightmare. Um, so there's lots and lots of... Uh, uh, cleaning product which I'm looking at but lots of all those little tiny brushes which I need to get hold of uh, that's it Antonio D'Amico hello sir hello buongiorno uh, wherever you are uh, I assume uh, you're of Italian heritage anyway uh, hello sir how are you uh, anyway so 
uh, you know, the bike got a thoroughly deep clean, and I've been going over it with a fine tooth comb and with a magnifying glass, looking at anything that may need a bit of attention, uh, or let's face it, anything I can make a video out of uh, for you guys as well. So there's quite a bit, there's quite a bit of uh, info coming out, quite a few videos uh, in store. Uh, it's... Uh, it's um it's uh, so there's so there's lots of there's lots of new content coming in as well so daily videos you're guaranteed of uh, getting that uh, and motor vlogs as well now we'll continue to do motor vlogs because i am still allowed to ride my motorcycle or a mo any mode of transport as i say uh, to and from work i am still allowed to go to work and so i will sort of combine those with any kind of topics i can come up with anyway uh but look it's um you know, I'm I'm stuck at home. You know, on my off days, I'm just at home, not going anywhere. And you know what? Uh, I'm getting around the house and I'm doing all those little jobs today. So this is the next part of uh, this uh, live show. As I say, which is available on the podcast as well. So go check that out if you don't want to watch my horrible mug. Uh, Lockie, good afternoon, sir. How are you? Uh, right. So uh, say, been going through the bike, done all that that's all uh good it's uh all shiny shiny uh then i went to try and um go over all the little minor scratches that were on there all those little hairline scratches were a pain in the butt aren't they uh york good afternoon sir how are you uh anyway so i've been i've gone through that i've cleaned it i've polished it i've done it all as best i can then i turn my attentions to yeah inside uh the man cave the workshop basically that side uh over there is my workshop type bit and i i wouldn't you would not believe the amount of should i even swear on my own uh podcast oh, okay. the, the amount of crap that was in my drawers let's let's put it that way now it got me thinking actually how much stuff do you hoard in your drawers in the garage let's say and you think, oh, one day, one day I'll use that. One day that might come in handy. I've been finding stuff, uh, old little bits and parts uh, from bikes that I had years ago. The bike, uh, the uh, the bobber that which I built uh, a few years ago, this out of a CB750 Honda CB750. I've got a bag for a little parts there. I, I don't know. I might just give them away. So if any of you uh, are building a CB750 chop or whatever, uh, there's a couple of little bits and pieces you can have them if you want, uh, or I might put them on eBay, whatever. Uh, so <laughs> there's so much stuff. You know, there's been bags and bags of rubbish just uh, being thrown out today. Uh, I've been quite uh, ruthless uh, in my cleaning of the uh of the of the workshop and yeah look i mean i, I don't know should i can i show you i wonder if i can show you let me let me just turn this around and you'll see if i can show you I don't know. let's have a look there there we go for, for those of you listening on the podcast i'm turning the camera around so people can see exactly what i'm doing now look look how anally set up that is look at that look at that hey there we go. Coming back to me now. Woohoo. Right. There we go. Yes, Lockie. I've, I have just said what's in my drawers. That's right. Not those kind of drawers, fella. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, look, I've, it's been one of those things. I've, all those little jobs have been nagging me for, niggling me for, for ages. I actually went on the outside of the workshop and uh, my guttering was a little bit like that. It was like a uh, wavy davy uh, all the way along. So, guess what? That was. Uh, 
that was fixed. Uh, all the drawers out of my uh, tool chest and everything was all thrown out and then all put back in again. And yeah, I stopped short of counting all my nuts and bolts. Uh, but, uh, you know, it would be, <laughs> it would be uh, something. If I get really bored, I may have to do all my boxes of screws and, and do that. And lot of things we do, you know what I mean? Things you need to do to keep yourself occupied. Um, Anyway, look, here we go. Sarge, uh, mine's a joke. Double garage, but only just enough room for my bike. Wife and kids think it's a dumping ground. Do you know what? <clears throat> when I got the, when we moved into this house, this is exactly why I got this. I said, look, I'm paying for this. This is my space. You are not allowed to have any of your crap in here. And that's as simple as that. This is man stuff. Well, it's not man stuff. It's just stuff for me right and then the garage yeah the garage is where i keep my bike uh it's pretty much got everything else in there as well uh you know but there we go <laughs> sorry anthony uh you've been finding bikes uh sorry finding keys from your old bikes i did exactly the same i found the same keys from an old bike oh what the hell's this thing there we go uh you know so Look, it's amazing what you got squirreled away in these drawers, isn't it? Uh, or these cupboards. And you think, well, okay. Oh, and you think, I oh, wonder, I'll need that. Even now, even though I've thrown a load of stuff out, I've still got stuff in there. I think, do you know what? I'll keep that. You never know. Just in case, just in case I ever build a bike again. And maybe I need that. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, Lockie, good to break the day up. Uh, at, uh, as I'm at work, uh, been as locksmith with two shops. We supply council hospitals, and the wife is in Barma. Oh, so we are both at work, but good to have a break. Ah, oh, okay, excellent, excellent. Well, you know, good skills, Eska. Uh, good skills. Uh, obviously, uh, yeah, there's. There's been a lot of confusion, hasn't there, over what are key workers over here in the UK and who are still allowed to work and who isn't. And, oh, it's a bit, a bit of a minefield. Like, I'm sure everybody will sort of settle down. I, as I said before, it's for me, it's hard to distinguish what is a key worker and what is a key worker because you can have a few degrees of separation and everybody's at it, you know what I mean? Or everybody is valuable to society. Red Leader, VFR V4. What a great name. What a great name. Uh, my garage is full of bikes, four, uh, and two push bikes. Great. Uh, and I have a 16-inch bench, which is piled high with what you call crap. That's let me, no, 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 no. It's not crap. It's called organized chaos. Because if it's anything like, if you'd seen my workshop before I started the live stream, it was piled high with full of crap uh, and so basically that all went out that all went out the window uh i'm not having anything I've, I've got into one of these cleaning modes uh, the last couple of days now i'm back to work for the next uh well two days and then two nights uh but you know so i thought i'd tackle it now and then on my next uh stretch of days uh off i'm sure i'm gonna go through it again and i might even get to those little nuts and bolts as well i know sad it's so sad that i'm gonna do that uh lucky yeah being a locksmith and key worker sorry can yeah. <laughs> i've just got it i i, I think i'm so slow <laughs> very good very good <laughs> oh brilliant oh well good uh, I'm, I'm gonna this is this is just uh it's not vodka in here honestly and i for, for the purpose of the podcast i'm raising a glass to my lips to drink yeah mm. and slurping as well crikey 
anyway, uh, so look, that's what I've been up to. And uh, I've just been going around the house thinking, can I be bothered to do that? Now, the other thing, obviously, if you have children, if any of you have children of a certain age, uh, you know the biggest thing is when you're all at home is trying to keep everybody occupied. And uh, as we know, as we know, uh, child labor laws uh, in various countries, certainly Western countries, have been taboo uh, for quite a few years. Not when I was a kid, actually. We were, uh, I was working from uh, the day I could crawl pretty much uh, on, on farms and things like that. Um, but in today's, uh, you know, uh, molly coddled society, as it were, children are not allowed to work. I've actually created a new way uh, that keeps them occupied, keeps them happy, and also gets jobs done around the house. That's it. Put your kids to work. That's it. Not, nothing on the PlayStation. Uh, none of all that nonsense. Let them do the schoolwork uh, and then just put them to work. So basically, I've had my son uh, just going around the house, you know, and then he comes up to me afterwards with a cheek saying, Dad, can I have a fiver? I said, well, you know, well, you'd have to work, you'd have to work a lot more than the, than that, son. Uh, anyway, so uh, put your kids to work. That's what I say. You know, yeah, you know, don't do all the work yourself. You're going to be bored, but you know, get them uh, to do the work as well. Anyway, Mark, hello, Mark, uh, Mark Hawkins. How are you? Your sport glide vids make for a great pretend ride out in these challenging times. I tell you what, Mark, I've actually got a couple of moto vlogs, and I'm going to do more especially specifically around that they're going to be kind of ride along videos i'm going to try and uh pick a few routes on my way to and from work that are going to give you that kind of sense of being on the bike so uh you could either listen to my uh you know my voice as i'm chatting along or just turn the volume down put some music on and uh you know and, and away you go and, and listen to it but they will be designed as first person kind of uh, point of view kind of things where you can actually rock and roll uh, with the bike as well uh so there's a few more of those coming out i'm sure look we've got to do what we can do you know what i mean uh just been on a job cleaning the bike after the off-road uh, video Oh yeah, that was that was actually that wasn't so bad because that's just mud. I've never had an issue with cleaning a bike off mud. What what my problem was was the um I say because it has been covered in anti-corrosive ACF 50, which works a treat. And I got a couple of videos coming out on this. But the problem is everything just sticks to it, you know, and road grime. So it, and it's like a layer of grease that you have to scrape off. So, yeah, not my favorite product right now. So guess what? We've got six months to come up with a new product, uh, an alternative to ACF 50 for winter corrosion protective. Otherwise, you know, guess what? I mean, they're going to have to get a hack bike. Uh, oh, I'm going to have to put the bike away for the winter. Uh, I think I'd rather just get a hack bike because I'm going to carry on riding. Anyway, Um uh, <laughs> yes, Sarge. Uh, the kids, yeah, they want a fiver off the tooth fairy these days. Absolutely right. I, you know, every time my missus says, when he was growing up, they said, Oh, you got to put a fiver. I said, What? Are you kidding me? Are you, what, what planet are you on? And then she gives you that look. She goes, You cheapskate. And you think, Oh, you know, you can't win, can you? Anyway, but the, that's it. Yeah, I, I stopped short of a fiver. Uh, I think two pounds uh, per tooth uh, was uh, just about. I hope he's not listening anywhere. He, you know, he's virtually an adult now, but you know, our kids are these sensitive these days. Why? There's no tooth fairy. There's no Santa Claus. Bloody hell. You know, come on. Uh, anyway, uh, but, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> 
Oh dear. Uh, yeah, they do want they do want a, a lot of uh, attention these days. Anyway, so that's my answer. That's my solution uh, to it. Now, by the way, can you all hear me very well? I've just realised that the microphone is all the way over there. There we go. I, I'm sure you can. Obviously, you can because uh, you, you're uh, you're commenting on. Anyway, right. So let's get on to Harley Davidson news, shall we? Enough about me. Uh, enough about you. Look, we all know that we've got to see this out uh, together. Keep ourselves as isolated as possible. Just do stuff around the house. Get yourself active. Uh, keep yourself mentally active as well as trying to physically uh, fit as well. But look, uh, the Harley Davidson news. Is interesting. I want to give it a shout out to uh, one of the guys out on uh, Instagram who contacted me on there. Guy called, uh, I don't know his real name, but Metric Life. And uh, he's <laughs> lucky there's no Santa. I'm afraid not, mate. I'm afraid not. Sorry. But you could say that Santa already bought you a present from that, uh, you know, that Sport Glide. You know what I mean? And that new dash that you've got, that instrument module. I like that. By the way, uh, anyway, uh, if you if you don't know, go check out um, uh, Lockie on, on Facebook. Uh, I don't know if you go to my uh, Facebook page and go through some of the uh, posts. I think you think you might find. Anyway, it's like a it's nice. It's really nice. Anyway, uh, but anyway, so if you can hear me, that's great. So anyway, Harley Davidson news uh, is. It's a bit of an interesting one. I've become a bit of a stock market uh, aficionado, I must say. So I'm constantly looking at business press. I'm constantly looking at uh, um, stuff about uh, various companies, but I'm not uh, about Harley Davidson as well. Um, how they're going to react in the market and what can they do? It's not looking good for them, but it's not looking good for a lot of companies as well. A lot of companies are shutting down. They've had to close down a couple of factories temporarily, I think, until the 29th. But, you know, now it's all kicked off in the States as well. So who knows what's going to happen? Um, I think a lot of companies and a lot of dealerships, as I say, you know, they're shutting down or have already shut down just to try and consolidate where they are and then just see where what happens uh in the future you know so if you're worried about your parts but you know not getting your parts before guess what you're gonna have to wait a little bit longer now somebody uh no who was it before uh mentioned on one of the videos or was it earlier on i'm, I'm losing where i was actually uh somebody said they're actually having to wait uh three weeks uh up in yes right uh, i think it was chester have just shut down harley davidson uh they've just put in uh they just were about to take delivery of their new bike and they're gonna have to wait for another three or four weeks uh lucky yes you're uh it's a dakota digital mlx uh two zero or 2011 uh so that's the replacement instrument module really nice really nice that on that one um but anyway so harley davidson as a company as we know uh i've been in a lot of trouble they've had the CEO change, um, but who knows? Who knows what's going to happen for with them? Uh, and ca can they have they got enough uh, cash reserves? Uh, many people are thinking that they'll go out for a handout, you know, from the government as well. That you know, the United States government, they're you know, putting out trillions, trillions of dollars now, uh, to try and save the economy, try and save you know, people uh wh whatever i mean it's just going to be tough out there not not only as individuals but businesses as i said right from the very start of this i said the, the virus is one thing but the actual economic impact on everybody is is going to be huge 
absolutely huge. So it's um there we go. Lockie, here we go. Birmingham HD clothes, but are still delivering ordered bikes. Okay, yes. Yeah. So I think the the ones around here right now are pretty much closed, but they're open for certain things. Um, so I think they, the, as of two days ago, they were severely restricting who could go there and all that sort of stuff. As of when they when we had the complete lockdown, I haven't had the update, so I don't know. You know, I haven't, I haven't actually been down there. It's only a couple of day, uh, couple of uh, miles away, so I don't even know what their status is. But I say this, there's interesting, interesting and worrying times ahead for everybody. But you know, as we're talking about Harley Davidson, as we're talking about motorcycles, I think some of the other companies will work will fare better, like the Japanese massive. You know, they're massive companies. Um, you know. Potentially, Triumph uh, will will fare better as well, as it has a, um, a more solid footing in different markets. But they're a smaller operation as well. Uh, obviously, Norton we know have gone to the wall, and uh, lots of uh, ongoing issues there. I'm sure. Uh, and you know who knows what's going to be unearthed with it. I made a couple of videos about what's already been unearthed, and it's just a bit of a horror story, really. So who knows what's going to go on? Uh, I think Mutaguzzi have closed uh, down as well. Uh, Ducati, I think, have closed down as well. Uh, and well, all, all, all the Piaggio, I think, have uh, have all shut down as well. Um, you know, it's it's changing by day by day. But as for Harley Davidson they're going to be severely impacted uh, by this because you're going to have a, you know, people coming out of this thinking, do I really need this bike? Do I really need to buy this bike? So, you know, they were, they were losing the battle anyway. And then all of a sudden, you know, this happens, you know, watch your space, watch your space people. Um, but who knows? Who knows? The other thing I wanted to talk about Harley Davidson as well, as I say, I have to, go back to metric life you contact me on instagram as well he made me aware of this story and i don't know if you know uh have heard about this of the uh, fat boy uh that was from a 2018 i don't know if it applies to 2019 2020 but certainly 2018 and this week a story came from australia where a chap had bought a fat boy and um he got rusting or or corrosion on the front forks a cut long story short, you went to the Harley dealership, tried to get it under warranty. They refused it all. Uh, uh, Harley Davidson Australia uh, refused, saying that it was purely a um, environmental factors, road debris that was coming up and causing the problem. They went to independent uh, specialists and said, no, that's a, that's a load of rubbish. This has been the worst kind of corrosion that they've seen. And basically, if you ever seen front, front fork, aluminium, oxidization, whatever it is, um, you will see, you know, it's it's obvious that where it is. They've put it down to the lacquer uh, over the top that was too thin. Uh, and then waters got beneath it and then it started corroding from uh, beneath it. Uh, no matter what they did, what they said, uh, and even got the TV in, involved in, in on this, you know, one of these watchdog type programs, uh, Harley Davidson from Australia, I believe it was only Australia. I don't think it all went all the way up the food chain back to uh, the United States. Uh, but they put a stop to it and they said, no, it's, uh, it's not our issue. It's just the way the motorcycle has been used. 
Anyway, so in the end, there was this independent specialist who, well, on camera, it says that he just offered to fix it for him and uh, polish up, uh, polish up the um, the forks, the sliders uh, again. Uh, but it doesn't actually say whether he's been paid for it or whatever. Uh, I've, I've got a feed. I, I'd be very surprised if he, if he was going to do that for free. Uh, but unless there was some deal with the TV company, I do not know. Uh, but anyway, look, it's... It's definitely an issue there uh, for that particular one. Now, what they're saying is where he was living initially, because he lives near the, the sea, there was uh, salt corrosion and everything like that. And also where he was riding, there was a lot of debris on the road. That's what was causing it. Uh, and then they went, they kind of changed their minds, you know, to and fro about this environmental factors. Uh, but, you know, other people haven't had anywhere near this. And they're, they're basically putting it down to a batch uh, issue of these sliders with a clear coat uh, on it uh, that is not protecting the, the, the bike. Um, now, I'm not sure how many other people have had fat boards or any other Harley-Davidson from 2018 if they've had this kind of issue. Personally, I've not heard of any other uh, issues. I had a, a look on forums uh, as well. Just a quick scan. I've got to say I didn't look extensively, so if people out there know more about this. But so I hadn't heard of anything that was worth noting uh yeah you got individual cases whatever uh but nothing nothing like that um but but anyway he was adamant that no it was it's not road debris and it, do you know what it didn't it kind of looks like road debris but at the same time there's no other marking on the bike now, if, if you take like, uh, you know, the, the soft tails of now, you've got the voltage uh, regulator that's right at the bottom uh, of um, below the oil cooler, right? Road debris actually gets that. And actually, that's one of my next little jobs, which I'll do on my next couple of days off, is to repaint that and repaint the oil uh, oil cooler grill. Uh, so if you ever get that, get some black spray paint and away you go. Awesome paint and away you go. Done. Uh, but so that gets lots of stone chips. So you can argue, understand, say, okay, yeah, that's that's too, in my opinion, that voltage regulator is in the wrong place anyway. It should be nowhere near there. It should be either further up or somewhere else on the bike. Uh, it's going to get uh, chipped. So you either put some kind of grill on it, uh, some kind of mesh on it, or you uh, just accept it's going to get road chips. And then you just paint it up every now and again, or spray paint it every now and again. So that, you know, you could understand. But the forks there, and you think, well, he's only done six thousand, five or 6,000 miles, and um, you've got to have a lot of road debris to to come out. And also, you're not going to get the road debris that that extensively off five or 6,000 miles because they're on the, the front they're on the front fork of the, uh, as opposed to the back side of the fork. Now, you can have flying debris coming towards the uh, the uh, fork, but you can have the debris that flings off your tire and that can fling around to the back of the, of the fork as well. Um, there's, there's nothing there. There's nothing there to suggest that anything like that was happening. So I, this is an interesting thing. Now, we keep on hearing from Harley-Davidson uh, about their warranty um, refusals, their voiding warranties left, right, and center. This could be just another thing that you need to be aware of. Um, 
you know, if it is like a rust claim uh, or corrosion claim, um, they might be holding firm. So you might be on your own there as well. Uh, which which I was a little bit disappointed, a little bit disappointed about that. Anyway, let's. Uh, so that's all, all I know really. I mean, there isn't unless anybody else knows. I don't really know. Anyway, uh, Anthony, uh, I, here we go. I asked the dealer about the new oil filters, and they said they have not received any, and they are not on any new bikes coming in. Yeah, that's right. So that there's the new. I don't. Well, exactly. With everything going on now, who knows? They haven't come out yet. They are making. I think this is a batch that will be coming out. The next series of batches that will be coming out. Um, you got to think that some of those bikes that are coming in, it's still old, relatively old stock. So you got to factor there be the new bikes, the new ones that would have been produced, and also the new oil filters that would have been sent out when they actually come online as well. So I don't think they they would be uh, available straight away. Uh, but there we go there we go right so so anyway look that's uh that's it really from uh harley davidson news i said they're in trouble well everybody's in trouble right now uh but look all we can do is just try and stay positive keep ourselves uh, active as best we can uh i said i went down to the harley dealership um here and you know they were kind of not sure what they were going to do quite a few people were still milling about outside uh, I had a quick coffee there as so I was off to go and do something else. But um, I say, then I got the email saying that, you know, they're either going to be severely restricting movements in there. We know obviously dealerships are closing down as well. It's changing day by day, uh, not only here, but in, in other parts of the world as well. Uh, obviously, Italy, still massive issues there. But in terms of the restriction on movement and you know activity for everybody it's pretty much shut down we're we're pretty much heading that way and i'm sure other countries will be as well um so you know it's um difficult difficult for everybody right uh but say harley davidson i say you know watch your space with them what's going to happen uh if you're you know if you're into uh, you, you, you're stuck for five minutes uh you know go onto the internet see what's happening with their stock price and some business news there's um a walkie milwaukee business journal that is always doing uh um reports articles on them as well so there we go uh mark i had a 16 plate sporty after 18 months the front mudguard paint started lifting off it did have the ceramic coating done by them i took it in they said it's not covered yeah i've got a feeling because because it's so close to the road they're going to try and get out of this sort of stuff all the time um it's just like the things like the clutch anything that's wear and tear they're they're not gonna they're not gonna Say, so, I mean, it was um, like a friend of mine. He had a forty-eight, a sporty uh, sports of forty-eight, and he had um, he had rusting uh, all over the spokes. And I think he'd only had it about eight months a year. Anyway, th they at the time then they said no, it's not a rusting, uh, it's not a warranty issue. Uh, but the bike looked like a bag of, span a bag of spanners. Really, it was pretty crappy uh, for a brand new bike to have rusty spokes. Uh, and you know what you like once you see it, even the smallest little bit for you as the owner, it just it's right there, it flashes up, doesn't it? For anybody else, they might not see it as much, but you because you see it, you see it all the time, it's a big thing. Uh, but anyway, they were saying no, so I think they're um, 
their policy, I mean, I'd have to stand corrected here, their policy, any rusting to the wheels on the brake discs and all that kind of stuff, uh, is not a warranty issue because they don't consider it to be any sort of defect on the bike. Uh, I do. Uh, you know, I, I certainly would, uh, certainly on spokes and things like that, but, but they don't. So uh, I'm not surprised about the mudguard as well. That's why when I uh, had my well, my bike, yeah. If you go back in my videos, I showed you how to put vinyl wraps, uh, vinyl coverings uh, on all you know as many areas as you can, and it's purely for that purely for that so mine hasn't got any problems because basically i've got vinyl wrap on uh, on it as well uh, this is the you know the 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 thoughts um the uh the uh fairing uh i've got it on there as well so you know there's as far as i'm concerned you know just wrap the bike if i had to do it again buy the sport glide again one of the first first things i would do I would see about getting it vinyl wrapped in matte black. Honestly, I, I would do that. Uh, and uh, just, you know, everywhere, the tank, uh, the, uh, you know, obviously all the, you know, the mud guards, uh, everything, just get it vinyl wrapped. Because uh, it might, it might you know, just save yourself a few pennies in the long run. And, you know, the whole pairing as well. But anyway, uh, so there's lots, there's lots of, uh, there's lots of stuff you can do. Uh, but there's lots of stuff I'm sure that the the manufacturer, um, well, the dealerships, are, but they're being told by the manufacturer whether they'll cover warranties or not. I don't think they will. Basically, I just don't think they will, which is really a shame. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't do a lot for the uh, credibility uh, of the company, especially to any owners or any new owners or even older owners. You know, even older owners who might be leaving the brand because they think, oh, I'm just fed up of this. You're fed up of dealing with a company that just doesn't, you know, just doesn't really care about you know, about us. And you think that's supposed to be a big warranty concern with uh, Harley Davidson, while we always talk about it, because, you know, people have issues with them. Whilst I've not had any issues of it, you could already see that actually there's a problem here with the fairing, you know, rubbing here or doing that. Now, for my warranty claim for the lower triple tree, the lower yoke, it was replaced and they didn't, you know, but they kind of haggled with me a little bit, but but they said fine, uh, but they did it. But I, I still had to cover it up again because the problem was still there. Same with the fork siders, uh, same with the uh, fairing. I thought, you know, I'm, I'm just going to get this covered because, you know, it's, I, I just don't see them um, covering it as well. It's same with, you know, protecting your wheels, you know, giving those good cleans and everything. That's why I was making the videos about those, you know, those maintenance of those wheels and the, the brake discs and everything, you know, because, you know, they don't care about it. They even told me uh, directly they don't care about, well, when I say don't care, they don't see that as an issue. Therefore, it isn't a warranty issue for them, you know, so there we go. Right. Uh, anyway, look, I've I thought uh, I'd uh, make this a little bit different uh, today. So uh, if any of you are still here or, you know, if you want to put in the comments below, here is here is uh, we're going to have a little quiz. We're going to have a bit of fun. OK, uh, with this. So I've got a whole series of questions. So I will give you I will give you five. 10 seconds, 10 seconds to answer each one. Otherwise, we'll be here all day. You know, I, could, I suppose I could 
drink and pop out should i just pop out and then come back again uh when you're ready to answer anyway i'm going to give you a whole series of questions there's 10 questions right and then i'll see about <clears throat> whether uh you want to answer right so first of all you know join in the chat and uh you know leave comments uh, after this and uh well ask your questions as well if you want to ask any questions as well for me but by all means go ahead or and i can use those for future videos as well right okay so the first question is are you ready for this uh this amazing on two wheels in the house uh pub quiz type thing right okay so the first one is what was the first harley davidson motorcycle ever made called what was it called and your start and your starter is now go i'm waiting i'm waiting oh no answers yet no answers yet am i alone oh no people are leaving don't leave don't leave uh, okay no, i'll tell you what here it is there we go so the first harley davidson ever made motorcycle ever made was called what well, actually it was uh, the 1903 but it went on to uh sell in 1904 uh it was the model zero it was later called the model uh one but it was the model zero and it didn't really have a name it was just a a, a bike you know a uh, an engine uh that was produced so that was the very first one uh uh it, it might have been given a pet name by uh you know uh uh by them uh but no that was the first model it was the model zero model one okay 1903 then sold 1904 uh and then it was sold you know as a racer basically they were little uh dirt racers or track racers that, I and mean, that's what the whole point was and then they you know they started building up their their pedigree on this sort of uh mud tracks and everything like that right next question then here's the next question uh, where is it here we go here we go. Right. Uh, what was the first Sportster engine called? And what was its size when it was first? Uh, sorry. And when was it first made? So what was the first Sportster engine called? What was its size? And when was it first made? Any answers? Any answers? Tumbleweed. Okay, that's me doing sound effects here for the benefit of the podcast, by the way. Uh, there we go. It's tumbleweed. I'm just uh, impersonating tumbleweed going through. Uh, anybody? No? No? Okay, here we go. So the uh, the first Sportster engine uh, was the Ironhead, and it was a 1,000cc, and it was first made the Sportster here. This is the definitely the Sportster uh, because there, there were precursors to the Sportster and there, there was a lot of crossovers. But the actual Sportster uh, was the Ironhead 1000cc 1957. 1957. Okay, right. Next question then. Here we go. Which Suzuki model motorcycle was named after a Japanese sword in 1981 who's got that one then anybody now you can leave the answers in the comments below obviously uh, and see what you think but there we go the first motorcycle model suzuki model that was named after a japanese sword 
1981. Anybody? 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 And I'll just readjust myself, take a slip of the old drink. Here we go. I feel like a public information broadcaster. So, hello, this is uh, what do you need to do? Right, item three. <laughs> okay, so the the motorcycle uh, was the Suzuki GSX eleven hundred Katana S, uh, one of my favourite bikes of all time, of all time. Yeah, the Katana, Japanese sword, and the Japanese uh, Katana is a curved sword as well. There we go. Right. So the next question, then. Here we go. That's right. Sarge, Katana, you just got it. Anything, Katana. I've just said, I've just said it. I've just said it. I've just said it. Uh, right, so there we go. Uh, I don't know. Your your answers are coming through a little bit uh, a little bit slower for some reason. Maybe it's just my end. I'll tell you what, I will wait. I will wait until I see something. Then, anyway, whatever. But you both got that right. Well done. Uh, and Anthony, the uh, first of all, so no, the Iron Head, and it was uh, 1,000 uh, CC in 1957. It was. Right. Okay, so what was the next one? Right. Next question. What was the name? What was the name? Of the hybrid motorcycle made from a Triumph and a Norton. What was the name? Of the hybrid motorcycle made from a Triumph and a Norton. Anybody this one? I wonder how much of a delay there is about me actually saying this and then you receiving it and then you putting the reply back. It could be, we could be here a long time, a long time. Yes, here we go. It's the. Is somebody going to say it? It is the. Uh -huh. I'll, I'll give you. An, I'll, I'll give you a clue. It was a Triumph engine put into a Norton frame. The Triumph engine was deemed to be the better engine out of the two manufacturers, and the uh, the Norton frame, if you remember what that is, was deemed to be the better frame. So they. Married them together, and you got a Triton. Triton, it was called. Triton, there we go. So Triton motorcycles. Still very much in demand today. If you can pick up a Triton, they go for plenty money. Lovely jubbly. Right, okay. Next question then. Uh, what motorcycle was the Fonz uh, riding in the opening credits of Happy Days for, from the 1970s and early 80s? Uh, the, so in the opening credits, he was riding a motorcycle. But what was it? Now, many people get this wrong. Many people assume that it's something else entirely. And there's a lot of confusion over it. But his main motorcycle, the one that he had in the opening credits and the one that he rode the most, was a particular one. He was seen on a couple of others, and he was seen on one particular uh, type of motorcycle that uh, that people uh, saw. But there we go. Uh, no, it's not a BSA. It's not a BSA, but you're on the right track. You're on the right track, Anthony. It's not a BSA. And I'll tell you what it is. Uh, he was riding, actually, a 1952 Triumph Trophy TR5 
500 uh, cc. Uh, great looking bike. Now, he was also seen on a panhead, I, I believe, as well. Um, but only uh, in still shots, uh, hardly ever riding it at all. And on a couple of few episodes, he was riding a panhead. But the, most of the time, the one that he was frequently on, the one that was in the opening credits, was a Triumph trophy uh 19 sorry triumph trophy 1952 to be specific and apparently there was uh, a 19 uh 19 19 uh 1949 uh triumph trophy uh, tr5 that was uh occasionally on there but he never rode it and it was, i think it was just a static display it was never actually ridden but anyway, yes, Triumph, Triumph. There we go, guys. Uh, Red Leader VFR4 can hear loud and clear. That's right, right, five by five. Thanks very much. Good man. Right, okay, next question then. Next question. Here we go. And what is a Norley? Norley, what is a Norley? Here we go, right. Let's see if anybody knows what that is. A Norley, what is a Norley? Norley, Norley. Okay, it's not a, a donkey going. <laughs> that's my that's my impersonation of a, a donkey. By the way, God, it's too hot in here. Would you believe it? it's beautiful sunshine out there? Right, we've got beautiful sunshine. But do you know what? I'm uh, I'm I'm having to go outside because the light outside is too bright. Of this is playing havoc with my settings. So I'm uh, uh, inside under fake lights here. Would you believe? Right, there we go. Uh, uh, any, any ideas? What a Norlian? A Norlian? What is a Norley? Okay, a Norley uh, is a Harley Davidson and Norton hybrid. And it's basically Harley Davidson's Sportster engine in a Norton frame. Not very many of them about, but it's a Norley. A Norley. Uh, and I think they're actually, uh, they were more popular in the northeast of the united states uh that's why there was a couple of people making them out there as well so that that was the the norley the harley Davidson sports engine in a norton frame right uh, paulie norton that's right yeah paulie norton yeah it probably was actually right okay uh next question here we go now I think I'm right in this, but I'm not 100% sure. I shouldn't really be be admitting this, really, should I? Uh, you know, because I am the quiz master of choice, by the way. Uh, but, you know, here we go. Uh, what was the biggest production engine size for the shovelhead motorcycle, for the, for the Harley-Davidson shovelhead, right? Uh, what was the biggest production engine? I'm not talking about uh, any uh, alterations that you could do, any modifications, uh, any uh, variants that you could put into your uh, shovelhead, let's say, or any upgrades. I'm talking about what was the, the biggest engine size that you could buy brand new a shovelhead. Any ideas? Any ideas? Let me just check here because I, I got to make sure I got this right here as well. Yeah, there we go. Uh, any questions? Any questions? Right? No. There we go. So it could be. I think is. I don't know when you're getting this. So I'm just going to keep on talking here for another few seconds. I'm going to have another little slurp of my uh, just liquid uh, vodka and orange. A pint of vodka and orange, lovely. 
Oh, by the way, this is another thing that you can do with your friends. I'm planning to do it myself with my friends as well. I'm going to have a video drinking session, and we're going to play pub games uh, with my friends. So basically, we're all going to set up like this, and we're all going to be drinking and just having a, having a bit of a chat uh, over it. So there we go. That's what you need to do. Uh, if you can't see your friends and you want to see some friends or family members or whatever, and you want to have a little drink with them, whatever you do, it doesn't have to be alcohol. You can you know, do the old orange squash if you like. And uh, anyway. Do some video socializing. You know, you don't have to be cooped up. Yes, you have to be cooped up inside, but it doesn't mean you can't, you have to uh, separate yourself from the rest of society. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to be doing video drinking sessions as well. So there we go. Right. Okay. I forgot what the question was. What was the question, everybody? Uh, okay. What was the biggest engine size, biggest production engine size of a shovel head? And the answer is... Just to make sure nobody's answered. Right, the answer is it was a 74-inch uh, cubic inch engine, a 1,200cc, uh, 60 horsepower. I think I'm right. I could be wrong there because I've got a feeling there was one slightly bigger. But And I've made previous videos of different Harley engines as well. And I, I've got a feeling since I made that and since I, I, I looked at that, I'm sure there's another. The back of my mind has a little niggle saying that there is a, a bigger engine out there. But there we go. Okay. Right. Uh, the next question then. Next question. Here we go. Uh, right. <clears throat> Which Harley-Davidson motorcycle was most commonly sold during World War II? And what was the engine size? And who was the main customer? Anybody know this one? Okay. One of my favorite motorcycles of all time. The motorcycle that saved Harley Davidson in the, that period. The one that kind of saw off Indian uh, and really, you know, gave Harley the, 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 the foot, the footing, the foothold, the grab hold uh, in the market during the war. But after the war, uh, that's what really gave because actually, what happened was that servicemen were coming back from from the uh, from the wars, let's say, and uh, they were not only getting into bikes because they wanted to have that thrill that they kind of still needed, uh, but also some of them, you know, were just wanted a different way of life, and then Harley Davidson were there, right? So. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, <coughs> Sport load rider, Dennis, 50 cubic inches. Uh, I think these are, yeah, there we go. Anthony uh, D'Amico, 1,000cc. Uh, uh, right. Sport ride, sport load rider, Dennis. Yes. The U.S. Army. Correct. It was. Uh, and, sport. yes, they were making them from the uh, mid-30s, okay, uh, the, the bike, and it was the i'm gonna say so uh the, the united states army was the biggest customer uh during the war years and uh the engine size was a nearly 50 cubic inch engine i believe you're answering that sport glide uh right now 45 45 cubic inch changes and it was the w -L, well it was a derivative of the wl but it was the wla 45 so the WLA uh, 45 was 
the uh, motorcycle of choice, the most popular motorcycle at the time during the uh, war years, but it did arrive from the mid-30s. So, Sport Glide Rider Dennis, there we go. Look, there we go. Big up to you. Yes, almost got that right. Well, well, you did pretty much. You got it right. Well done. Well done. Right. Next question then. Next question. Here we go. Right. Which Harley Davidson motorcycle did Evil Knievel mostly use for his stunt work? Now, I've got to say he used lots of different bikes, right? But the one that he used mostly was a Harley Davidson. Which one was it? Which one? Which one? This is the second from last question, uh, by the way. So if you're really bored by this, then uh, I do apologise. But there we go. I thought it would just be a bit of fun for everybody. Uh, so and if you're on, if you're if if you're driving in your car, whatever to work, and you've downloaded the podcast, and you're thinking, now oh, what is it? What is that answer? What is that answer? He's got to be. Yeah, he's got to be. What is it? Hmm. So which Harley Davidson motorcycle did Evil Knievel mostly use for his stunt work? I loved Evil Knievel growing up. You know, I had the wind... No, actually, sorry, I tell a lie. My next-door neighbour had the wind-up Evil Knievel thing that would go fire off the ramp as well. Then it would do pop wheelies and stuff. I could never get it to pop wheelies and stuff. On the, on the TV advert, it was always saying, look, Evil Knievel, he can wheelie his bike. He can crash it like anybody and all this kind of stuff. Uh, but great. And watching all the films with Evil Knievel and all the stunt work, it just captured the imagination. Even to this day, I'm, I'm a big kid, really when it comes to it did anybody see travis pastrana do copy the stunts that um evil knievel did i think he did it a couple of years ago in las vegas and he completed the ones that uh evil knievel couldn't do as well and uh yeah it was brilliant and basically the bikes were virtually exactly the same um, and they were uh, set up and produced by Roland Sands, would you believe? Uh, yeah, that's right. Okay, so Sarge, yeah, that was the W. Was the, the the previous question it was the WLA. Uh, that was the one. Uh, great motorcycle. Yeah, it was the U.S. Army. That's right. So the uh, the first one to say which was well, the latest question then which Harley Davidson motorcycle did Evil can Evil mostly use for a stunt work and it was Anthony you got that right the WL forty five that's right yeah one of my favourite bikes well done uh, it's really weird the messages aren't coming through straight away so there might be a bit of a delay here so sorry guys um, but anyway the Harley Davidson that motorcycle um, that Evil can Evil mostly used uh, was the Harley Davidson. XR750 Ironhead, and it was a kind of a flat tracker style. That's that's but yeah, yeah, okay, nearly the 750. That's right, yeah, that's right. It was uh, Anthony, the uh, XR700, the XR750. That's right, that's exactly what it was. Uh, so that's the one, the iconic Harley Davidson, uh, the one that he used. Oh, no, it's still, I can still see it now. It's just a fantastic bike, went completely wrong for the, that kind of riding too heavy too slow poor uh power to weight ratio but look that's the beauty of it that's the beauty of that if you can do it on that motorcycle that just isn't designed to do it you know 
Sport Glide Rider Dennis, I watched Evil Knievel jump 19 buses in 1969. I saw a speedway in Washington State. I think it was 750. Yeah, it was 750. Wow, did you? Did you really? So he came over to London uh, at times and he was doing the bus jump at Wembley Stadium. And I can't remember. Did he crash on that one or whatever? But brilliant. Oh, what amazing. Amazing. 1969. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yes, say, but uh, if you ever get a chance, you watch the Travis Pastrana uh, um, reenactment, if you will, of uh, of his stunts. Brilliant. Really good. Really good. Uh, okay. Next one, then. Next one. And the last one. The last one. And then I will leave you for the afternoon. Okay. Which motorcycle, which motorcycle uh, won? The 1951, you're going to have to Google this, by the way, okay? Quickly Google it, and you can do all that kind of stuff. But which motorcycle won the 1951 Isle of Man TT race, right? And why was it so special? And I'm going to, I'm going to give you a clue here. What was the name of the frame of that motorcycle? And then you'll kind of understand why it was so special, Okay. So there we go. Uh, Anthony, yeah, Domika, yes, on an, Indian, on an Indian. Yeah, he did ride other motorcycles, definitely. Uh, I don't know specifically uh, which Indian he rode. I know he rode Triumphs, definitely. Uh, but m most of the jumps I'm talking about, he did on the, the Harley Davidson. Uh, but yeah, I've, if, if he, he did stunts and whatever on Indians, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that's that's the case. But anyway, uh, the last question then, uh, as I said, uh, with there we go. Which motorcycle won the 1951 Isle of Man TT race, and why was it so special? What was the name of the frame uh, used? Anybody? This is, might be a bit of a tough one. Okay, so there's a bit of a. I was just about to say what the answer was there. Uh, I, I better just shut up. <laughs> uh, I, I'll give you. I'll, I'll give you a clue. Shall I give you a clue? It was. It, it was a British motorcycle. There we go. It was a British motorcycle. Won the Ironman TT race. One of my favourite races of uh, of all time. They've obviously uh, they've actually cancelled it for this year, uh, quite rightly so, but uh, they've cancelled it as most sporting events have been cancelled uh, so far. Uh, Anthony D'Amico, Travis. Yeah, Travis Pastrana. Uh, okay. Oh, did he do it on an Indian? Okay. I can't rem I, I couldn't actually remember what Travis Pastrana did it. Did he do it on an Indian or was it on a... Um, I thought it was on Harley Davidson's he did that. Okay. I could be... I'll have to watch that again, actually. Yeah. Okay, but anyway, which motorcycle uh, won the 1951 Ironman TT race, and why was it so special? What was the name of the frame? Uh, I'm gonna go. It's going, going, gone. Right, uh, and I've almost been on on air, on air for more than an hour, or oh, nearly an hour now. But uh, look, I tell you what, uh, the motorcycle. That one, the, the 1951 TT race, was the 1951 Norton Manx. And it was on the very first featherbed frame. Okay. And it was also known as the featherbed 
Norton Manx. That was the frame that everybody wanted. That was the frame that everybody, you know, in the motorcycle uh, world, were um, you know wanted it. And that's why they had the the Triton, the the uh, hybrid of the Triumph motorcycles and the Norton, and they were putting the superior, what many people thought at the time, the superior uh, tri uh, Triumph engine into the feather bed frame. And that's what it was. Uh, no, it wasn't a matchless, yes. So, uh, no, I'm talking about one particular uh, race. Uh, the, now, I, I haven't checked all the other races uh, of the time, so I, I couldn't tell you, but there we go. Uh, so, yeah, 1951, it was the first time that the feather bed went to uh, the TT. I hope I'm right on that one. I hope I'm right. I probably, <laughs> knowing the way my day is going, I've probably got that wrong. Uh, but I'm, I'm hoping I'm right. Anyway, look, there we go. I hope you enjoyed that little quiz. Anyway, uh, so there'll be more. There'll be more videos uh, coming uh, soon. Uh, on, on a daily basis, you know, I'm still producing uh, lots of videos uh, and. Uh, well, I'm just going to be here. Just keep on pumping out the content for you guys. Uh, hopefully give you a bit of company and then you can come and watch it later on and have a bit of a, you know, leave your comments as well and say, uh, let us know. Uh, let's us, uh, uh, let us know where you are, what you're doing, what, what you're up to. So, you know, you can always come in on, on any of the future live streams and come and join the chat. But so if you're watching this afterwards, you know, just leave those comments. Uh, and then if you want to ask any of your questions, just, uh, you know, either email them in uh, directly to. I've been getting quite a few more emails in uh, recently asking me about particular things, especially on the seat, on the seat video, which I did, the sundowner seat. So that's great. Always, always happy to answer any questions. Uh, you know, if um, if you ask politely, if you ask, <laughs> uh, I, then I might, uh, but say, uh, but say, you know, if, uh, hide that one. There we go. Uh, but, you know, I'll be here. I'm going to try and uh, do another live show uh, soon. I'm not sure when. Uh, I may try and do it in a couple of days' time. Uh, I will see because I'm at work the next uh, two days and then two nights. So I'll see about doing an afternoon show, uh, maybe, or I might try and do a night show. Uh, I mean, let me know what you think if uh, in the comments below. Do you prefer to watch uh, these uh, live streams in the afternoon, or would you prefer them in the in the evening as well? Uh, I suppose if you are still working, then probably the, the nighttime would be better. Uh, but obviously, depending on where you are in the world, you know, I'm, right now I'm not sure if it really makes much difference, really, does it? Uh, but anyway, look. It's uh, it's been great spending an hour with you guys. I hope you, I hope you actually found that entertaining. Uh, at least I so said I'm going to come up with another series of ten questions for you. Have a bit of fun with it as well. And uh, so, I'm gonna, so I'll come back on in a couple of days. Keep on tuning into the videos. Lots more coming. Uh, I'm going to be out on the bike tomorrow in the next few days as well doing different rides as well so uh hopefully uh you'll enjoy that as well and you get a bit of first-hand experience of those rides as well uh, as i'm just uh yeah well just trying to keep you all, all all uh busy as well anyway uh what what else can i say uh apart from be well be safe and all that kind of stuff um stay indoors or keep away from people uh, if you can. And uh, hopefully this chaos will be over soon and we can get back to riding our bikes proper and enjoying ourselves. But until that time, as I say, 
just uh, just do what you can and i'll catch you again better answer this ta-da